The best way to predict the future is to invent it. Stephen Ambrose brings you up to speed on what the future holds as he explores the latest technology as it impacts our lives. Well, good morning and welcome to Tech Talk right here on High FM, where we try our best to come up with all the latest gizmos, gadgets, useful stuff and all the news around technology that sort of impacts, affects our lives day to day. And this time of the year is always, well, not this year, but mostly this year, mostly this time of the year, it's Mobile World Congress or MWC in Barcelona where the technology aficionados and all the companies and all the guys get together and discuss or showcase and highlight all the new toys, tools, tricks and techniques around mobility. It used to be Mobile World Congress, mostly mobile, but today there's no clear differentiator between the one and the other. So simply the connectivity industry, the communication industry, the internet and communication infrastructure industry all get together in a wonderful place called Barcelona. Unfortunately, this year, I decided this was not due to all the craziness of Corona. I went to Barcelona last year, June, they moved it to try to dodge the Corona madness. And it was Unfortunately, a bit of a shadow over what it was. Well, today is day four of Barcelona, of Mobile World Congress, and there have been some serious and interesting announcements. We'll talk about that during Tech Talk Cafe. I've got a bit of a roundup of all the cooler stuff that came out in or was announced or spoken about at Mobile World. And um, we'll discuss some of those and I'll fill you in on some of the cool new toys that have come out in in the last couple of days at Mobile World. But first, moving a little bit more locally, there's no question, unless you've been living under some rock, that you've noticed that there is a bit of a war in Europe. Russia's invaded and um, Ukraine, and it has created all manner of problems. And one of the subtle and lesser known issues is that Ukraine and Russia were part of the mobile and global technology supply chain on multiple levels. Many car companies, many technology companies relied on either components, support, software, services from these various regions. And with all the craziness and all the the sanctions and everything that's going on with um, Russia, and obviously, you know, when your country's being invaded, you're not popping into the office and, and doing your usual day-to-day. So... There are going to be, again, I believe, certain shortages around the world. It's going to impact the delivery and the supply of technology for the next couple of months. So expect two things. One, prices are going to be a little less uh, accommodating than they've been in the past. And certain products and certain key products around the world, clarity we don't have yet, but certain key products are going to be either scarce or unavailable or It's just terrible timing, unfortunately, just coming out of the whole Corona thing. And here we sit with world supply chains, world delivery, world logistics being impacted and affected by literally a small war, no less devastating for those involved, but a small conflict in the eastern part of Europe. And the impact will be felt across the entire stack no less and discussed at length in many, many chats in Barcelona how it's going to change and impact the technology world. But more locally than that, you know, in the context of all that craziness, 
We now sit where DSTV even removed Russia today from their, their channel. But there are a lot of other channels and changes that are coming. They'll come clear in the next couple of days, but essentially many channels are being removed from DSTV and new ones added. All the ETV channels, with the exception of the E! News channel, is being removed. And a couple of new ones are being placed in there. Look, there's still probably too much going on. But one change that is coming to DSTV that I think is going to be extremely controversial, and it is down to piracy, it is down to sharing of passwords and all this sort of thing. DSTV is an expensive product in the global scheme of things. You know, for quarter of the price, you, or less than quarter of the price, you can get a, a bouquet of streaming services like Netflix, and you don't get everything. The one key thing that DSTV did and has that beats everything and everyone is their sports channels. And in South Africa, they are, and globally, I think they're super competitive and they do an incredibly good job in English for the most part. I've got friends who live around the world in non-English places and they've been using the DSTV streaming apps to watch uh, sport. But now what DSTV are doing is reducing the streaming limit on their, on their, their app to one concurrent stream. What that means, you can log in at, on five different devices, but if one of those devices is accurate, is, is active, you will not be able to watch on any other device. And in this world of internet, that is absolutely crazy because in my home, I know for a fact that one or two of my kids are watching something on DSTV, on their iPad, on their computer, on another TV, without it having to be connected via a decoder. And I'm watching something maybe somewhere else or at a holiday home or something using their streaming service. And it has proved to be quite useful. Now, to reduce that all down to one single possible stream completely and utterly defeats the whole purpose. And what is more, it's starting to become super expensive compared to other streaming services globally. Now, Sky and ESPN are obviously not available in South Africa, but still, when you're paying $6.99, call it 110 Rand, for an ESPN Plus streaming service, which allows you to stream on three concurrent devices, or the same thing, well, a little bit more, around about 900 Rand for Sky Sports on six different devices, I think in their, their um, need to maintain their profits, because I think a lot of people have stopped, stopped using DSTV over the last little while. It's expensive, and a 1,000 Rand a month can be spent in other places as we all take strain as prices go up. I think they are doing an absolutely crazy thing to reduce this down to only a single stream. I do understand that they need to protect what they're doing, but essentially we are sitting in a position where only one person can watch one stream it is almost archaic. So watch the space. I think there's going to be lots of trouble. But in the meanwhile, uh, you can only stream on one device going forward. They haven't implemented. It should come like that change should happen fairly soon. And I think it's going to be super limiting for most of us who now use the Internet for our TV. Now, before we have a break for our commercials and we move into Tech Talk Cafe and talk about all the new and exciting tech news from Mobile World Congress... This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. So moving on to Mobile World Congress. As I said earlier in the introduction, Mobile World is a collection of 
all the technology providers within the mobile ecosystem. But over the last few years, that ecosystem has essentially spread out and created an ecosystem of technologies that include mobile, but fixed mobile, chipsets, you name it, all these things are part of the ecosystem of of telecommunication and technology that we use. You cannot imagine life without the internet. You cannot imagine life without your mobile phone currently, unless you live in some tiny little village in the middle of nowhere with nothing. But for the vast majority of us, Urban living today involves the use of communication and technologies of every sort and every type, 24 by 7. And Mobile World Congress generally highlights what's coming and what's new and where we're going. Now, the the big announcements are often the big um, sort of flagship phones. Apple are never there. They're there by omission, but they're never there in person other than, well, to exhibit product. But Samsung, Huawei, Oppo, all the other guys, um, Lenovo, good old days, well, right now, Nokia, so many names that you know, always try to release all their latest and greatest at Mobile World. It just makes so much sense to do it at a time when the entire industry is concentrated in one crazy city, which is Barcelona for a short period of time. Well, this year, for the most part, it was no different. There was no question that Corona's had its impact. The numbers are down considerably. People have to wear masks, even though most of Europe now is maskless. However, just to try to keep things safe and, and have no no further nonsense going on, as I state, as I said earlier, I wasn't, I didn't attend this year, mostly because I just felt that without all the parties and after stuff and everything that went on outside of the conference, the whole atmosphere would be extremely um, transactional, which is great for those trying to build networks and buy cell phones, but not so much for those looking for all the latest and greatest news and enjoying all the networking that Barcelona always, always offered. But there were a couple of really interesting um, new announcements The good news is that 5G, although there was many discussions around the new version coming in the next couple of years called 6G, uh, 5G has become the de facto communication standard pretty much across the world. I know in South Africa, MTN is forging ahead. Most areas in the sort of big cities have some form of 5G coverage, and it's generally really fast, responsive, makes a big difference. But 5G goes way beyond simply a faster mobile phone connection. And more and more business type of um, applications are coming out. Network slicing, something we've discussed, was a huge topic. A lot of companies are busy working on being able to offer private 5G in in commerce and in factories and in buildings. And essentially what that does, it creates a wireless, so non-wired, high-speed, high-capacity highly available network, which is much bigger and much better than running a ton of wires around a building. Certainly a lot more flexible. You want to move your computer, you move it. You don't have to worry about getting extra wires or getting a new plug or the time and everything that's taken. So from a point of view of just having a communication backbone, 5G along with Cisco and many of the other providers in the networking space 
are definitely offering a whole lot of new products, new services that um, make a lot of sense and are controlled and managed externally so that for the most part, these companies don't have to worry about their network infrastructure anymore. It's being handled by a third party. And a lot of the mobile network operators such as MTN, but I'm talking about globally like Zane and all of those guys were busy announcing partnerships and a lot of business related stuff with regard to the networks themselves and using 5G in that in that sort of space. The, the, the chatter and some of the talks that I've watched around 6G simply seem to be at this point uh, a faster, more, more higher capacity extension of the current internet everywhere and uh, the IoT environment, so everything connected to everything type extension of 5G. But the legs and the growth of 5G is extensive. The devices that were announced from Nokia from Oppo, from all the Chinese manufacturers, as well as, of course, um, Samsung, are bringing 5G down to very inexpensive devices, probably in the sub 10,000 Rand range at scale. So we're going to see more and more inexpensive 5G devices. And we'll talk uh, about some of the smaller ones that um, have popped out over the last little while. But essentially, the Chinese firms, Huawei, are also pushing 5G really hard and a whole lot of networking applications and everything around 5G. Unfortunately, due to the the um, continuing US ban on, on Huawei and many other Chinese manufacturers, none of the stuff, I believe, will go mainstream in certainly not South Africa and most of the Western world. But the good news is that 5G now is over 1 billion devices in 2022 across the world. So it's without question um, the fastest growing and the most dominant technologies. Many countries were also announcing that over the next little while, certainly by 2025, they will be shutting down their 2G and 3G networks. Africa, I think, will be an exception, unfortunately, due to the sheer space and size and the demographics of Africa, we're going to see the continued use of 2G and 3G connections, possibly 3G not so much, but certainly 2G, you will definitely see the use of 2G going forward. But for most of the world, the 5G area is certainly fully established. Most devices, computers, you name it, come with 5G these days. And we're going to see continued growth in that space in order to just keep all the 5Gs going in many, many, many different ways. But Moving on to some of the coolest phones and, and whatnot, Huawei, uh, interestingly enough, have been pushing really hard into the other space, not just mobile phones, not just tablets, stuff that they can't access Google services on, but their desktops. They launched a brand new range of PCs, which definitely um, look super cool now. Mobile world, PCs, strange, but... There we go. You know, you need to sell what you need to sell. So the new Matebooks were announced. They look super slick. They're very Apple-esque in their look and feel. And construction quality has always been really good from Huawei. And I know they're available in South Africa across many, many channels. Their one overriding um, sort of benefit was the fact that they integrated so well with their mobile phones and their mobile ecosystem. Unfortunately, at this stage, I still maintain that buying a Huawei mobile phone in South Africa, and they're available, and their pricing is excellent, and the quality is superb. But without Google services, 
they're a severely crippled device. There are ways around it, but most people couldn't be bothered with trying to find an APK and installing it, sideloading it and uploading it and doing weird stuff in order to get certain things to work. And then certain things still will never work because you need full Google services to get them to work, whether the app runs on the phone or not. So my sense, unfortunately, for now, Huawei is no longer a player in the mobile phone space um, unless you just want to make phone calls and browse the web and do very, very minimal stuff on your phone. Banking is possible. But a lot of things just do not exist anymore on, on a mobile phone. But at the same time, obviously, Samsung's big announcement was the S22 series a couple of weeks ago, going on sale in South Africa right now over the next couple of days. And great. In fact, we'll talk about the S22 Ultra in my gadget of the week in a few minutes. But they announced at Mobile World, normally this is where they announced their new phones, but they decided to preempt that and do it standalone before mobile world but what they did announce again not in person it was streamed was a brand new range of samsung galaxy book pro 2 pros pro seems to be the only way to go laptops which look absolutely amazing again the quality of samsung's laptops have always been exceptional um, i found they're really long lasting well built with all the latest cutting-edge technology. And again, they integrate really well with the mobile e ecosystem from, from um, Samsung. So if you have a Samsung phone, a Samsung lap laptop becomes quite a useful little add-on. And their new Galaxy 2 Pro includes upgraded webcams, uh, full HD resolution, that's the front camera. And these days, that's an important thing. Video has still and will remain an important thing for for. Um, most of us, obviously, their integration into all other Samsung devices is pretty intense using their SmartThings platform in the home as well as mobile. And, of course, the latest Intel processors, what they have done is upgraded mostly to AMOLED, so OLED displays, which gives you incredible battery life up to 21 hours. And quite a few of them include 5G technology, which has become less and less of a thing on mobile, on, on laptops, but it is definitely something that we, we're going to see more of. And battery life in the 21-hour range, it's nothing too shabby. That gives you an easy day or two worth of use without doing anything. They come in the 13-inch and a 15.6-inch uh, size, and the pricing will start from 18,000 Rand going up. They will be available in South Africa in a short while. Acer, not to be outdone, not a mobile company, also announced a whole bunch of new uh, laptops, and they look pretty cool. The Acer Swift series has been a long-running series, pretty professional, pretty good quality, and uh, been around for a while. Again, with all the latest Intel processors, lots of RAM, tons of storage, two terabyte is now becoming a standard. Again, in the new cloud-connected world, size of the hard drive is not quite as important as it used to be. But definitely sort of bragging rights. I have a two terabyte SSD works. Pricing, again, it's coming to South Africa in the next couple of months. Pricing, unfortunately, will depend on the RAND and many other variables. But expect the Swift series to start in the twenty to 30,000 RAND range. It's going to be an expensive high-end device. But it is, without question, a, a competitive laptop. Honor. Now, Honor is an interesting company. They, have, they used to belong to Huawei. They were their sort of sub-brand aimed at young people, mid-range and lower-end mostly. 
But Honor was sold off right when all the havoc started with Huawei and the USA. And they're now an independent company. And the benefit for them is that they have full access to the Google and the Android ecosystem. So the Honor product, even though they have the roots, their roots in the Huawei family, have moved on. They're independently owned by completely separate companies. And their devices offer the entire range of Google and apparently they've been pushing really hard. I've seen it everywhere. We've been engaging with them in South Africa quite a lot. And they launched their brand new Magic 4 Pro, which is a very high-end device. It looks absolutely amazing. It's got tons of cameras and a circular thing on the back. It also got 100-watt fast charging. Fast charging became quite something at Mobile World, with I think Oppo talking about 150-watt fast charging. So naught to 100% in seven minutes or eight minutes. That's my type of charging. You never run out of juice. Just plug your phone in, eight minutes later, cup of coffee, and you're fully charged. But the new um, Honor Magic Pro 4, which we'll try to get our hands on in South Africa and come back to you on how good it is, features a 50-megapixel main camera, a 50-megapixel ultra-wide camera, and a 64-megapixel telephoto camera with up to three-and-a-half times optical zoom or 100 times digital zoom. Optical zoom is obviously using the lenses. Digital is just fantastic digital playing around to try to get the best picture. But with a camera of that sort of resolution, it's probably pretty good. So fast charging, 50% in 15 minutes, along with the latest Snapdragon processors, lots of memory, and a very interesting 6.81-inch display with 120 hertz refresh rate. So fast, smooth, and certainly cutting edge glass back and front, aluminium frame, sort of the standard sort of package for high-end phones. But this one certainly does look like a, a, a bit of a technical tour de force, certainly in the camera space. It'll be interesting to see how the processing and everything goes in that regard. So expect to see big things from Honor. They, uh, they also showcase some of their mid-range phones were really, really, really good. But Let's see how they, they launch in South Africa. The competition is really fast. But the other talk, as we were talking about Oppo, with their Super VOOC. I don't know how they got that name, but it's V-O-O-C. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Well, welcome back. And apologies for some reason. My technology decided to go on strike and cut my connection, but I'm back. Now, moving back, I was talking about the new Oppo 150 watt charger, which is pretty insane. I mean, um, I think seven or eight minutes to full charge. It will be coming to their phones in a little bit, in a, in a few months, two, three months, they were talking about. Some of their new ranges will offer it, but they're talking about a full four and a half thousand milliamp battery in five minutes to 50 percent and eight minutes or nine minutes to a full charge which is pretty pretty insane without overheating the battery and blowing up your phone so that was really 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 cool there were a lot of other phones from cat which have always been um doing a lot of interesting stuff and now they've they've announced a 5g mobile rugged hotspot that you can take anywhere and do anything with which makes a lot of sense it's mil spec rated so you can sort of float it underwater and do all sorts of things and it has a lovely clever thing magnet so you can plunk it onto anything and keep it safe while you're out and about using your cat phones to do all sorts of things one plus one plus another brand that's available in south africa they've done a, a collaboration with hustle on their cameras and their new 
10 Pro 5G. It was only available in, in, in China for up to now. It's coming to the US, Europe, and probably South Africa, March, April. We'll watch that, that space. Um, it does not include uh, 150 watt fast charging, but it is still a pretty serious high-end phone. So the competition in that space has grown enormously. We're going to see a lot more 5G phones at pricing. That makes a lot more sense. But essentially, the the mobile world discussions around, uh, as I said earlier, were very much around the greater use of 5G, more and more devices at, or more and more price points around 5G, the amount of connectivity and um, services that surround 5G from the various operators and commercial players like Qualcomm, SAP, IBM, and all the major players in that space is expanding rapidly. And we're going to see more and more services that are online, real-time, and moving in a way that just absolutely changes everything. So watch this space. I think we're going to see so many of these type of devices, and we're going to see so many of these sort of services coming and uh, creating lots and lots of excitement for all of us. Now, moving on to Gadget of the Week, a little disjointed this bit, but I've been playing with the Galaxy S22 Ultra, not the Pro, sorry, I got that wrong, but the S22 Ultra, and it's a note without being a note. Generally, their, their cadence was in February, they launched the S, the S range, the 2019, 10, whatever it was, and in August, they announced the Note range, which was based on very similar technology, but included their sort of unique big screen with an S Pen. Well, they seem to, and the rumor is that there will be no more Note standalones. The S22 Ultra, which was always a flagship without a stylus, even though the S21 allowed you to use a stylus, the S22 Ultra is the top of the range S22 announced a couple of weeks ago, and it has the S Pen built in exactly like a Note. So it's a Note with another name. And in truth, all the functionality, the all the uh, quality of the Note series is built into this great little unit. Now, if anyone has an S21, right up front, it's not a great upgrade. It is definitely faster. The screen is definitely better. The body is slicker. There's no bump on the back for the camera. It's all they nice and neatly integrated, very similar camera setup, the same quad setup as the S21 Ultra, but they've done a lot of work on the internal computational photography setup to make it even sharper, better, and without question, pictures taken on the S22 Ultra do uh, exceed the quality that you could get, especially in difficult light and especially on zoom than I was able to get on an S21. So the camera is without question one of the state-of-the-art cameras on the market. For the most part, it is as good as any other camera that I've ever used. It's still not quite as point-and-shoot and as easy to use as, let's say, the Apple 13. But, you know, the quality difference is so, so slight between them. And um, it, it really is a top-notch camera setup. The zoom is pretty exceptional. The two major differences that I found using the S22 Ultra is that the combination of the enhanced internal chipset, which in South Africa is the is 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 the Snapdragon 8 Gen Gen 1, for pretty much um, the Qualcomm chipset, which is slightly more powerful than the Exynos chipset that um, that is that used to be announced or was used in South Africa. I think it was just a timing thing because of the chip 
the chip shortages that they released the Qualcomm in South Africa. But it's it's both four nanometer cutting edge technology. However, I think the Qualcomm's got slight performance advantages. It certainly feels incredibly snappy. No, no slowdowns, lots of memory, 12 gig main memory, 256 gig upgradable external memory. You can get up to one terabyte on your phone. So that is pretty, pretty, pretty cool. The battery's huge, 5,000 milliamp with a fast charger. It's really super fast. But overall, I will say that this is, again, one of the finest um, Android phones on the market. The Samsung overlay is excellent. Their One UI 4.1, smooth, slick, but not very different to anything you've ever had. So in summary, the in use, the Galaxy S22 Ultra is without question the finest uh, Android phone I've used. The screen is exceptional. The speed, the power, the battery life, camera quality is certainly right up there with anything that you could ever want. If you're an S21, the gap is not huge, but it's significant, if that makes any sense. And you should be able to uh, skip this one for the S23 or S24. But if you have any older S20 or anything below, this is a massive upgrade. The S Pen is exceptional. Writing on the screen feels like writing on paper. It's responsive. There's no lag that you can discern. There is slight, slight if you want to be picky, but certainly from a day-to-day -day use, you can draw, you can take notes, you can, you can use it for all sorts of work on the phone. It is fast. It lasts a while. You can operate it as a remote control using the little button, which is quite cool. Put the phone somewhere, take pictures using the remote on the S Pen. It's just an exceptional, and it pops in. It warns you if you leave it. It's a, it's a great, great, great device. Samsung have really kept their standards high. No charger in the box like other high-end phones. But overall, looking for it, it's available on all sorts of packages. There's a great trading offer. If you bring in your old S20, you can get something up to 10 grand off the price, which makes a big difference. And um, overall, Samsung have done an exceptional job. Once again, it's a top-notch phone with all the ecosystem stuff, Apple, uh, Apple, Samsung Pay, sorry about that, uh, Samsung, but Samsung Pay, very competitive, all of all the, the cards work on it, I've been using it, it's simple and fast, it, the ecosystem is excellent, and the product is certainly top-notch, so if you're in the market for a high-end, top-notch phone, it's just not a lot of choice in that space on the, um, on the real high-end, as I said, there are devices from Oppo and others that are certainly on paper similar, but they don't quite have the polish and the ecosystem, nor the sheer quality that Samsung have been able to year after year keep building into their devices as we go as we go along. So pick one up, available everywhere, great deals to start, great trading deals, They're really making it quite easy to upgrade to their latest devices. And on that note, we're going to have a quick break for our sponsors. And I'll be back with the last few little tidbits of info around mobile world and one or two matters that technology has to be discussed. We'll be back straight after this. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Well, welcome back. Moving back to the last of the mobile world uh, sort of excitement and things that have been coming. Unfortunately, it just 
crossed my mind that Russia's pavilion was banned and closed down. And so many strange things are happening in that space. Not that Russia was huge, they're more of a consumer, though the news is that Apple has stopped supplying Russia with their devices, although they never had an official presence there. They had, like in South Africa, a distributor, so Apple products are not uh, for sale in Russia anymore, which was only about 2% of their global turnover, but still, that's quite a significant move. But overall, the business-to-business functionality and the business-to-business products in uh, Barcelona were, were key and everybody um, was busy trying to figure out ways to make things more green, new virtual sort of radio network technologies that will you know, reduce the power of your base station by around about 50%. South Africa, certainly with the load shedding that we have, that is definitely um, a great new idea. And they also announced Qualcomm and many of the other manufacturers that the shortages around the chip, despite all the disruptions I spoke about earlier with regard to the sort of war in Eastern Europe, the, the chip shortages are starting to ameliorate. Most companies are starting to get certainly enough chips to keep their, their companies going and to keep their supply chain flowing. So you won't see such delays anymore. And that was also... Um, uh, an announcement that the car companies said a lot of them were affected really badly because most cars have thousands of chips built into cars from the thing, little thing that controls the mirrors to the, the electronic control unit that controls the engine. So the chip shortage from both Polcom and the others have been ameliorated. They seem to have caught up and, and settled down. Certainly Samsung with their own chips are now back on the market and their phones are going out with their own chips again. So that was really, really, really good news. And um, as I said earlier, Orange will be switching off 2G and 3G across Europe um, in the next couple of years. So that's definitely a big thing. And um, generally, that the cloud services are going to get stronger. Connectivity with regard to 5G and everything that um, surrounds it is going to get more ubiquitous. And it'll just make a lot, lot, lot more sense. Qualcomm, obviously one of the largest chip manufacturers, took this opportunity to once again do a virtual presentation at a physical show. More reason why it probably wasn't the coolest show to go to all the way to Barcelona. But still, they did launch a whole lot of new products, not so much in the chipset space. They've done all those announcements, but certainly trying to bring the existing chipsets to laptops couple of laptops announced already with 5G built in, but more and more to follow. They even did um, announce some new chips for Wi-Fi 7. So it's not just mobile that's going 5G and 6G. Right now, Wi-Fi 6 is pretty ubiquitous, and we're starting to see it more and more at homes and, and businesses across the world. But not to be uh, held back, they announced their first Wi-Fi 7 chips which will offer even more mobile-like type of experience because all of us struggle trying to log in or connect or find incompatibilities. It should be seamless. You bring your laptop into a home or a business, it just connects, works, not a question. And for the most part, using the more advanced Wi-Fi 6 and Wi-Fi 5 technologies, it does. But Wi-Fi 7 is now out or proposed. It's not final, but it's going to offer even more seamless connectivity and even more seamless security and even higher speeds up to five to 10 gigabytes per second, which um, is a hassle because most hard drives can't even store information at that speed. But you'll be able to communicate 
or upload and download enormously large files at enormous speed over Wi-Fi. And the, the, the gap between Wi-Fi and mobile will become somewhat indistinguishable as you go ahead. So that, um, yeah, 5.8 gigabytes of speed, 2 millisecond latency of the Wi-Fi. We're talking about significant, significant uh, improvements in in both Wi-Fi and mobile. So lots to come, lots of new high-speed, high-definition video in your future, lots of services that will be instantaneous and seamless. So mobile world, put it all together, and here we go for another year of exciting technology. And on that note, I'm afraid we have to call it today. This is Stephen Ambrose for Tech Talk, right here on FM. Stay tuned, uh, stay informed, and stay on top of your tech. Chat soon.